What up, everybody? Welcome, welcome, you little hoes. It is your hosts, Maddie and Jenna, our little special co-host for the series. Hi. Say hi. Say hi. hi. Amazing. Hi, bitch. You know. We I'm are back in sounding normal. Yes. <laughs> and not like I'm in outer space. Yes. Or in a fishbowl, whichever. I know. Jenna only didn't have internet for five fucking days. So that was fun. Uh, it not been fun for her at all. Yeah. It's very the ending of Mercury retrograde, if you ask me. And Absolutely. The- it ended yesterday. I'm having a great fucking time today. So here <laughs> yeah. <we are. laughs> um, so welcome back, everyone. We are discussing uh Rings of Power season one, episode six. And it was wild. Also, spoilers. Crazy. Yeah, 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 yeah. Mention the spoiler. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoiler warning. There are spoilers coming up (laughs) in this episode all over the place. We're spoiling, oiling, and doiling. Okay? Oh, my fucking God. I'm obsessed with that. I'm obsessed (laughs) with that. That So, um, yeah, I'm actually, I'm pretty excited because... I watched it the first time and I was, you know, tired because I had just worked, but I stayed up. My eyes were wide awake. I was like, oh, this is insane. And then I watched it again because I was like, I need to see that again. Yeah, <laughs> definitely. Um, so speaking of, uh, we will start it off with just a round table of overall thoughts before we get into the nitty gritty, because there are, is a lot of nitty gritty, gritty mm-hmm. nitty to get into. So, uh, <laughs> Jenna, what did you think overall about this episode? It's the best episode so far. Like, hands down, as far as action and everything. Yes, we didn't see the Harfoots. We didn't see everybody else and, you know, the, the dwarves and stuff. But for what the where the story is going and the action and the real, like, start, I feel like, of the show. I feel like this is the start of the show. Yeah, I I, I understand that they have to do like episodes of introduction and, you know, kind of the almost like the chess pieces moving around and kind of just getting to know everybody. But this is the start of the series for me. And it's sad because it's already almost over. (laughs) But um, yeah, it's it's crazy to think like we're we're more than halfway through. This is happening right now. Obviously, I, I I know what's what this is leading towards already, but I'm also in a way really kind of sad because I read things online and I ruin things for myself. Mm-hmm. A lot of people shit on this show so much, and I'm like, but this episode though, <laughs> and the, like people are just still mad about it. Like I hate to like bring up the negative stuff, but like. I, I liked this episode so much. There, there's one little thing that I, I don't like, and I'll, I'll bring it up later when we when we get to that area. But okay. Um, but otherwise, like this is the best episode so far. You're a hundred percent right. I agree. Yeah. So I will say that it felt like um, up until this episode it felt like a disney pg version of what tolkien has done and what the movies have been that is you know those are the reasons that we're all watching this i mean at least the three of us are watching this right now anyways 
the lore, the source material, the everything, it has felt, everything has felt so pretty and dainty and nice. And this was where we were actually get to like the, 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 the grit of it. Um, so I loved it too, uh, for all of those reasons, I'm definitely like a realist person. So I'm like, if you're going to have this incredible good magic, you need to also match it with incredible bad magic. And I think that we're starting to see that fully unfold, even though it's been like hinted at in this, um, you know, and I haven't read the books, but uh, you know, I know a little bit. And so I'm happy. I'm happy with that. I'm happy with the chaos that it was. I'm happy with the catastrophe that it was. Um, I'm happy to see some like reality almost in it, even though none of it is realistic, it still feels, uh, you know, more balanced in the way that it should be because everything thus far has just been kind of like fairies and butterflies and trees and seeds and all this stuff. And I'm just like, no, give me some fucking bad, man. Give me some blackness. Give me some dark. Yeah. Uh, So we're starting to see that rear its ugly head. And I'm very excited about that. Yeah. I did think about you when some blood spilt off the table. (laughs) (laughs) Like Sam probably is enjoying this right now. Yeah. Um, I also just want to say, um, I forgot, but like just seeing them all together in one place, I was like, damn, this cast is gorgeous. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. They're all beautiful. Galadriel on the boat was just what a vision. Loved it. <laughs> oh my gosh. Yeah, I loved it. Um, okay. So quickly, I will just go through the, um, kind of the order of events of what happened and what we're going to be touching on in this episode in more detail. Um, this is a very quick summary. Oh, also, uh, with that spoiler warning, we will also be referencing on this episode and every other episode, the movies, uh, perhaps the books, a lot of times the books, but only up until the current uh, episode comparison date. So Jenna has done really well at not ruining a whole time in the future. I don't actually think no. she's ruined anything in the future. Um, of the, the only book. thing that I've technically ruined is that Sauron doesn't die. <laughs> so, um, so, but, but I said that like episode one, I think I just flat out, I was like, yeah, yeah, like, he's not gone. Um, and anyways, that's, they're hinting at that the entire series anyways. So if you didn't know that and we spoiled it for you, fuck off. Um, but, uh, just so you know, we will be referencing the movies. We will be referencing the book up until the current point of the book or the books in this, where we are in this time frame in middle earth. But, um, so if you haven't seen the movies and you want to watch the movies, don't listen to this perhaps. It's not a lot of references, but there are some. So just be beware. Um, but I will be going through just a very quick summary of the events of this that were, like I said, that we're going to get, you know, deep dive in a little bit later. Um, but basically we start off with Adar and the orcs and um, the first, very first scene of this is he's planting uh, Elfrin seeds. Am I saying that right? Elfrin? Elfrin? Yeah. Um, which is a very elven thing. Uh, and then they're basically marching towards the Southlands where the people of the Southlands are kind of holding up and waiting for battle. Uh, R&D are single-handedly uh, fucking avalanches a tower onto all of them and buys them a, an entire new day before 
at our and the orcs can reach to you know where the people actually are then mm-hmm. we get to the main battle where the orcs and at our do reach where they are a lot of stuff happens we'll really delve into that in a bit um the luminor armies led by galadriel uh come in and save the fucking day in their in their white armor and thank god they did uh otherwise everyone would be fucking toasty and then um adar tries to escape with the sith is what we're calling it what's yeah. the sword sword yeah the sword the dark sword um yeah so dark the, sword. the evil thing that theo has that yeah you know what i mean yes uh, Adar escapes with that and is caught by Galadriel and Halbrand in the woods, is then taken, you know, back for questioning by Galadriel. And um, then we realize that he, they don't actually have the sword and they have a fucking uh, hatchet. Old, tiny hatchet. <laughs> and it's actually the old dude that I can't ever, Waldreg. Waldreg. God, I was looking at Waldreth. That was my problem. I mean, that's um, close. <laughs> uh, we find out that like, he actually has it and basically puts it into a keyhole that essentially creates what we now know as Mount Doom. So yeah. that's the synopsis. Let's get right into it, shall we? Bad <laughs> Mount Doom. Okay. So um, before we get into the battles, I, well, I guess we should talk about the battles, but I did just really quickly want to talk about Galadriel and Isildur and Ellen Deal on their way over. Mm-hmm. Um, just quickly, because it, it looks like I, I'm just so, so, so selfishly interested in Isildur, and I'm sorry I'm making you guys talk about him all the time in every episode. No, um, he's an important dude that, uh, you know, yeah, we'll find name- out about later. Yeah, <laughs> even though I also no, ruined that too. I, no, I definitely did as well. With <laughs> absolutely have a ruin that for whoever didn't. He's, a, he's an important about. person in this yes. story. Yes, and my notes literally say Easel Daddy. So you know we're talking <laughs> yeah. about him. Daddy, that's a child. <laughs> he'll, he'll be a daddy soon, and also that's also for his dad. You know, all, yeah, it should be Ellen Daddy. Yes, Ellen. Yeah, that's yeah, it. I got that that's too. Mm-hmm. Ellen Daddy, because he is a fucking daddy. But you know what? I actually just looked up the cast um, for the first time. And you know how, like, on Google or IMDb, like, it shows you, like, pick their actual, like, what they look like in real life. Yeah. The guy that plays Ellen Deal looks nothing like Ellen Deal, guys. It's, no, he doesn't. He needs a wig. He needs the, <laughs> he needs the hair. No, no offense to the guy he's not a bad looking it no he's not a bad looking dude i'm just like holy shit he, i couldn't even tell the the, the yeah, he just him. looks couldn't like he just looks a lot different yeah um gladriel no. and the the conversation that they have on the boat is very cute it's um cute. yeah it is it's super cute and oh and then also it's also very dark as well too because we finally find out um what happened to isildur's mother yes yeah I don't like the way he said it. It felt sus. I don't know. It It was just very straight to the point. He just, he had kind of no, no emotion about it, but also it was kind of very emotional at the same time. Like he's still hurt by it. Yeah. Like he just wanted to say it and get it out, but didn't want to talk about it any further. Like you can tell he was hurt. It's still like an open wound. Yeah, he directed it first. And that's why I thought it was sus. Because, like, he, yeah. 
kind of said something else and then he said that and I was like um what just, she dreamt yeah yeah so I think um this is something that was actually I saw people talking about on Reddit but was just bringing up the fact that he was so um you know just in the beginning talking about the sea I, I forget what his exact wording was but like the sea never lies essentially like you know so the fact that his wife had drowned it's almost like i know like it was just like he fundamentally believes that that was supposed to happen because the Mm -hmm. sea doesn't lie right so so in that that's it's kind of yeah it's it's really shitty um so yeah i just wanted to kind of mention that conversation we don't have to get to there's not really a lot to talk about but um, Isildur's like first meeting of Galadriel was really cute. You can tell he was just like in awe of her. Yeah. Um, yeah. It was, he was just like, wow. Yeah, <laughs> like in yeah, his brain, yeah. it was just like no words. He like yeah. was speechless. And like a lot of credit to Galadriel too, because it was, it was cute. I do have that like, you know, on the boat because he's been in trouble. He's he's like a fucking sweeping boy. He just sweeps stuff. Oh <laughs> yeah, he's the he the horse. Yeah. yeah, and uh, she basically tells him like it's like I don't know, like humble jobs still save kingdoms. Yeah, basically. Yeah, that was nice. And- yeah, it was. Um, yeah. So I was happy about that. I think he was happy about that. It was just a very cute kind of altercation, and then we're finally mentioning have any sort of mention of who Isildur's mom is which has been a big question mark for me this whole time it's like okay well this one dude who's a captain who has two kids and you know where's mama duke so um, yeah I mean even in the the books from what I remember they don't really they still don't even really mention her at all Mm -hmm. um the only thing that I ever really remember is that she's kind of, she was pretty much on the same playing field at like the same level as Elendil like they were both nobles gotcha so like she- that's what that's what I remember of her but there was no like actual like story story line. of her like she was mentioned but not in any like extent yeah so she was mentioned twice in this episode once later that mm-hmm. you know we might get to but um yeah so that's kind of why i was like okay well this might be important a little easter egg for later um but okay yeah let's get right into the tower battle because that mm-hmm. that actually happens before this this conversation yeah. with smarty mcsmarty um, pants yeah Baron Deer with his yeah. with his battle tactics and traps and stuff it was oh great it was like Legolas 2.0 and I was like, I'm, but everybody was like, oh, Galadriel is Legolas 2.0. And I'm like, no, r and is <laughs> fucking great with that arrow, man. It is hot. Yeah. It is so <laughs> hot. The way he jumped from the window, I was just like, oh, <laughs> what in the, uh, what is it like? Hardcore parkour? Get yeah. It. yeah. <laughs> oh God. It was, it was fucking great. It was, that was really epic. It was like, okay, they might have a fighting chance here because of how smart that move was even just to buy themselves more time to kill as many people as they can't could with the avalanche of the tower they knew the tower was going to fall anyway so they were like let's time this yeah let's use this to our advantage which was incredibly smart Mm -hmm. and i love that there was no one else there r&d is like i got this 
yeah like, you wait for me here <laughs> i'm just like yeah because yeah, they're all already like completely out of that area yeah know? so even if for some reason he did get in trouble he was literally on his own yeah oh um so is there anything else that i mean besides the actual tower falling there actually was this um i believe the scene with adar kind of uh boasting up the orcs kind of like a pep talk happened Mm -hmm. here yep um one of my questions and jenna i don't know if you know this or have looked it up but what nampat nampat means because at the end of his you know speech uh they're they all start chanting that and uh so nampat means death yes uh, um and then the um there's U- another word udun or udun yeah means hell okay so that's the title of the episode and yeah, so it, it essentially me- means hell what or like to, to that effect yeah okay Decimation. like evil place yeah mm-hmm. okay cool um so that the Adar, uh, you know, boosting scene with the team morale of a bunch of fucking <laughs> evil orcs. I'm like, that was interesting. It, I have never seen a pep talk on an evil side before. So yeah. that was fun. Um, also notably later on in the episode, when we have the, the Numenor soldiers, they're all in white, which was the first time I've ever seen that you never see armor and all white so it's just it felt very juxtaposed which yeah. i it was nice mm-hmm. visually to see that the orcs are all dark you know featured and grim and ugly and then you have these like gorgeous white knights that end up coming in and saving the day and it was like oh this is yeah very tolkien i feel like mm-hmm. um but in terms of the tower battle, is there, I mean, outside of the Adar pep talk and the planting of the, I mean, actually, you know what, let's talk about him planting the seeds. Yeah. Because what's interesting is that it's he, has, he has it. Yeah, he has, well, I mean, he is an elf. Yeah. So he he's still, it's just the fact that he still holds on to some elvish traditions. Mm-hmm. Yes. Um. Because, um, well, good segue into Arendir talking to Bronwyn about it. Yeah. Is um, that those seeds are planted before battle. It's an elvish tradition to do that. Um, yeah, because you want to grow where something has died. Has died. Yeah. Yes. In, Which was like very, I, yes. I, and I know I made this, I, I lost my notes. I'm putting it out there right now, but I know that I put this down in my notes because it, it very much reminded me of, um, I don't know if either of you saw the video when everything was first going on between Russia and Ukraine. There was a video going around of an old Ukrainian woman going up to a Russian soldier and putting sunflower seeds in his pocket. I did see that. Yes. yes. And she basically said to him, you will die here and our national flower is going to grow because of your death. And it was very reminiscent of that. Like I immediately thought of it where it's like, yeah, the evil is going to die here, but something is going to grow from it. 
grow from it. Yeah. Well, and I think that one of the interesting things is number one, it's just the idea that at our, in the previous episode was basically talking about giving up the sun, um, kind of relinquishing everything that is him that is elvish. Right. Mm -hmm. And, um, but then is still holding true to the traditions. He, it's just, it, it, that in itself is complex completely. And I think it Mm -hmm. sets up to looking at him in a completely different way throughout the, throughout the episode at a certain point, I actually kind of felt bad for him, but we'll get into that. Yeah. He, Um, I mean, him as a, as an individual goes through a lot. And I I think that's one of the good things um, about this show and what they're, what they're doing with him specifically. And there's a lot of shows that are tend to do this nowadays too, is that they're, they're very much on they're, they're very much trying to make the evil or the bad guy relatable in some way yeah. to where you all of a sudden are understanding of where they're coming from. And, yeah. and it makes you question your morals because you're like, wow, now I feel bad for the bad guy. Like, what's wrong with me? Well, that's exactly, <laughs> like, but that's it's exactly, like making you yeah. question like, you know, yeah. holy shit. Yeah. Well, that's exactly what happened. Um, like I said, we'll get into it. But basically it was it was just added complexity to the character, which was really nice to see because a lot of the, the mo- all of the characters essentially um, to some degree, like are just steadfast and stuck in their way. And they're either all good or all bad or, you know, and we're not really seeing a lot of like um, complexity. And I think that that's why I'm also so interested in a sealed door because we ultimately know where he ends up on this like battle between good and evil um, and like selfishness and for the greater good, et cetera, and this whole thing. And so with Adar, it's really interesting to see that like, yeah, this guy is supposed to be horrible and is killing people. And he's the, you know, ultimate evil right now, but he still has good characteristics. And I think that that's what makes a villain more interesting so I, that's, that's what I liked about it too. I actually didn't catch that he was doing that until the second time that I watched the episode two, like Natty. Um, but I also thought that it was interesting that he was planting it there and like, yes, you're venturing into the Southlands, but it was almost like he knew that the battle started there at the tower and not mm-hmm. back where they were. Um, so that kind of felt like he knew that there was going to be obstacles before he got to where the people were, but you know, he was prepared for it. And that's why he. Yeah. Well, I I think that's a really good point of like placement. And I just want to say like another good segue into Aaron Deer and his placement of seeds, like later on, like, I don't want to jump too far ahead, but we know that Bronwyn gets shot with an arrow and he like kind of smoothly secretly places seeds into her wounds before they cauterize it Mm -hmm. I'm like oh of course these are elvish seeds too so like they're gonna live in her until she dies like it's fine it's not a normal seed you know like and then I don't know I'm just like look at this man is strategic as fuck I will I'm gonna say that multiple times R&Deer or Adar R&Deer yeah okay not secret enough to hide a fucking sword, but okay, we'll talk. Yeah, about that, that. That, that, I know that was a that was Sorry. that was also another one that I remember taking a note on. 
and oh, it God. was when um Arandir is telling Bronwyn about the seeds and like yeah the, you know we plant these seeds before battle blah 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 so he's like telling her what they do with them and he says something about how the two of them and Theo are gonna plant a garden or something and mm-hmm. immediately I was like oh one of them is dead oh because yeah. that's you that's usually like a trope in yeah. a lot of movies that as soon as you start talking about the future the together future and like oh. one of the two is dead so later on when Bronwyn gets shot by the arrow I was like god that I oh, I knew it yeah like, it kind of there. I was like I knew that. one of them was gonna like something was gonna happen to one of them because that's it's such a like a, a very common trope in uh, yeah shows absolutely. And movies. absolutely absolutely okay sorry to cut you off with my like, negativity uh, Maddie I did not mean to invalidate uh <laughs> your seed or R and deer being strategic there is <laughs> no it's fine because he's an idiot for that I was like you just put that out in the world that juju man you can't do that wow um yeah so i don't know also i just realized like did the seeds heal her so they they did um i think because it's like okay the it's death uh, this is how i'm taking it and um jenna chime in after for sure but like where death is new life grows so it's almost like he put the seeds with a paste onto the wound and then they cauterized it so the wound itself the skin you know the flesh the whatever was was go like uh arrowed through like stabbed through was dead and the seeds then you know would help being there and being cauterized within Mm -hmm. it would help it grow back and heal that I also think she like thing. she like notions towards it too. I think well, yeah, because he, he didn't even think they were around his neck. Yeah, in the, like the little thing or whatever, and like she oh. looks at it and he looks down. And he's like, oh, yeah, the <laughs> like, seat, yeah. The I still like I have yeah. more of these. Yep. So like, is he an idiot and I'm not realizing it? No, 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 no. I think that he. Um, I think in, in the moment he well, was I, just like what what do I do right now like yeah, this is yeah he's in shock I get and, it yeah clearly distraught um okay well that actually if we're done talking about just the tower beginning sequence we can move right on to the battle this is actually where we see Galadriel and Isildur and Ellen Deal sailing over um but then we're brought back to the Southlands where Adar and the orcs after the tower has fallen get past it and make their way to where the people are um and they're starting to approach as nighttime comes um basically what's happening is uh Arendir and Bronwyn are kind of telling everybody where they need to go giving people stations um the tavern ends up being the keep so the women children vulnerable uh are kind of hunkering down there she has Theo go in there. And this actually really reminded me of Game of Thrones um, the last season during the long night where they're fighting the Night King, where um, mm. she's telling Theo, she, he's like, well, I can battle. And she's like, well, the people in the keep need someone to fight for them if they're attacked, yeah. which reminds me of this little girl in Game of Thrones in Winterfell that's basically saying like, I want to fight. 
I want to fight with her little like kind of Scottish accent. So fucking cute. And it's Sir Devos and um it's very Liana of her. Yes, yeah, yeah, yeah. (laughs) It's um it's Sir Devos and Gilly, and Gilly basically says, Well, I'll be in the keep with my son and I want someone to protect me. Can you stay with me? And it's very cute. And she's like, All right, I'll protect the keep. It's so cute. And that's what this reminded me of. There's actually two things that reminded me of Game of Thrones in this episode, but um, that was one of them. And I thought that was really cute. And I was like, oh, okay. You could have said it differently just to make it way different because we're talking about genre. We're going to be comparing all the things, but Mm. um, you know, so uh, basically all that's happening. R&D is trying to get like, destroy this sword thing can't do it Mm -hmm. Um, so that's huge it's basically like okay this has to be escalated to someone that's that's better at this craft than me because I can't destroy this yeah um and then come nightfall uh I don't know if I'm missing anything in between these conversations and um I mean really the only thing is like you know because he can't destroy the hilt like he ends up hiding it and I know Theo is kind of like Oh my God, I was calling it the Sith and you guys were calling it the hilt. Jesus Christ. Well, it is. It's a hilt of a sword. It's, a, so it's, it's essentially a sword, but it's it's, it's just the hilt part of it. It's a blood oath sword. Yeah. yeah. I mean, he, so he ends up hiding it because, you know, and he has to be the only one to hide it because he knows that, you know, Theo has this, you know, blood oath to it now. So it's like, you can't know where this is. I have to hide it. Like, mm-hmm you know whatever mm-hmm. yeah because huh. even Bronwyn asks for asks where and he says I can't tell anyone you know yeah. I'm like okay cool safekeeping with our and dear <clears throat> yeah yeah because so. I, I know the only other thing that she really says and I, I like I can't remember it verbatim but um but it just you mentioning the whole thing with the Game of Thrones reference of trying like convincing Theo that that job is very important. Mm-hmm. <laughs> like you are literally protecting dozens and dozens of people, even though you want to be, you know, big strong man yeah, yeah, and yeah, like go out on the field and battle. Yeah. But like your what you're doing is, if not more important than anybody else's job. I mean, and it's true. And he ends up actually being in the right place at the right time. When you think about timing, yeah. but yeah, because um, she says something like. Um, if you find the light, then the dark cannot find you or something like that. Cause I think, cause now she knows about the hilt, mm-hmm. you know, it's, it's not a secret anymore. So she says something along the lines of that. And I, I, God, I, I wish I had my notes cause I, I know, know I wrote it down. It's right. it's right. um, but yeah, it, it was basically like a comfort to him in a way because he does have like this reluctance of, going in and doing that because if he's the only one that's protecting the people in the tavern he's by himself and the orcs go in there you know he he's stuck with that realization like i might have to fight all these like by myself because what are these women and children gonna do yeah like ultimately and i like i know his mom says something along the lines of like if you find the light then the shadow or darkness will not find you so essentially like if you just almost like if you believe in yourself then yeah. then you can do it yeah kind of thing yeah well yeah because by the end of the conversation he looks a lot better 
Um, mm-hmm. and, and because I was like, this kid is not going to settle for this. There's no fucking mm-hmm. way. He's in like, this is a bitch job. I'm not doing this. I want to be on the front yeah. lines. Yeah. Um, so yeah, by the end of it, he, it was just like, all right, cool, mom. Like you're out <laughs> here trying to set fires and burn a bunch of fucking orcs and mm-hmm. I'll be in here sitting pretty. Yeah, um, yeah. But, uh, nonetheless that's what ends up happening so oh uh, yeah is- yeah because uh it was a little delayed by fucking Bronwyn not being able to start the fire oh my god <laughs> you know and then that poor woman just gets her throat slashed <laughs> just <laughs> done yeah it's like oh my god this is starting off so bad so bad and like really i'm just like why why another woman out there with her why not a man with a sword that's out there protecting bronwyn knowing how important that job is yeah the dumbest move of the entire time i mean regardless it happens They get it done, but it's like, that's one less person now. No, I know. It should have been a guy with a weapon who could have defended Bronwyn in case the same exact situation happened that did, you know? But she does get her redemption by saving Arendir, though. Yes, she does, (laughs) which is great. Um, As as he's drinking up some orc blood. Oh my god, that was (laughs) Um, Okay. And she does pick up the thing, the orc uh the fire that the orc drops and she yes. does and she that. yeah so yes. she mission accomplished thankfully and it's so funny because the the she sends her fucking fire wagon down mm-hmm. and the orc's like haha they missed us and then the next one comes and i'm like yeah, okay, yeah. So they like yeah. trap them yeah, yeah and it was very it, it, it was very smart it was very smart but still i mean given the amount of orcs that we saw at the end of the last episode i'm like this isn't it there's no way like they're not there's so much more coming of course um, yeah so we we are kind of like in battle r and deer has you know a, a tiff with this fucking huge orc the biggest oh orc i've ever seen god, the and i know and almost dies thank god bronwyn like stabs him in the back of the head and and you know saves r and deer's life because he was like about to give up the poor thing yeah what was the final like finally Bronwyn did something good? I finally <laughs> you. Oh my god, Maddie. <laughs> well, that's how I think too is like they really like set up Bronwyn to be this like this witch, this like you know, she okay. knows herbs and she knows all these things, and like we really I didn't see a lot of that come into play at all. And I'm like, Not how much of a witch is she supposed to be? Like I don't know. No, right now it's it's infuriating. She's with Arendir, a badass elf, badder than a motherfucker out here. Like he's the baddest elf I think we've seen. Look at him; he's crazy. He went right into that tunnel that one time. Oh my god! Yeah. So I I think one of the biggest, like honestly, Jenna, you're so right. Mm -hmm. I just remembered that, like in the very beginning, our first introduction was a guy that brought his sick cow to her. Mm -hmm. Like, can you heal her? Because she was like the town fucking doctor. She was a town veterinarian. She was the town herbalist. She was a town apothecary. She was Mm -hmm. all of it. And like, yeah, we haven't seen any of that so like wh- what are you bringing to the table outside of the fact that <laughs> like you could barely light something and and i'm not honestly 
have never tried to light anything. I will never go on Survivor for that reason because I cannot light a fire with Flint. I don't think I can. So, you know, no hate to her, but like, it's actually just really funny, Maddie, that you're saying that again, because I'm like, okay, finally a redeeming quality of why she deserves to be with r and because- <laughs> He is God's gift to fucking Tolkien Earth right oh now. God. Yeah. God. yeah. <laughs> and honestly, like just one little more bone to pick with Bronwyn. When they were rallying the people, she missed a perfect opportunity to say again. She just said again. And I was like, what the fuck? <laughs> oh my God. No, that was, that was, um, if you guys are listening to the House of the Dragon, uh, <laughs> our our podcast on House of the Dragon episode by episode. Yeah, Maddie mentioned it last week because again was said, said again, like again, again, again. <laughs> yeah, it's so great. So she missed it, and that really pissed me off. But she said here, so like, I guess we're fine now. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. So yeah, R&D ends up fighting this huge orc. Uh, Bronwyn saves him. Then they're like fuck this retreat to the tavern and so they're in there well well, the other thing is though is that uh they find out that they killed their own people yeah they think that they win but then there's one more orc alive and he's like haha you fucking idiots because like they start pulling off the masks and arendar sees sees that it's like regular blood (gasps) on the i didn't even know that yeah I didn't even catch that. It's like, do you think we were going to send, like, why did you think we needed your people? And basically people. Yes. Yeah. Yeah, Because wall drag half of the village to them. What a fun for them to be like, Oh, we, you know, we bow to you. Like, what can we do of service? Well, that's their service is going and fucking battling against your own people and go and kill as many as you can. Oh so yeah, yeah. Arandir notices that one of the bodies has regular red, you know, human blood. Oh and yeah, they start pulling off all the masks and the helmets and stuff and realize that it's their own family members, their friends, everything. I don't know how I missed that twice. I'm sorry, guys. But like, <laughs> what, what happened? Twat! What a twat that guy is! <laughs> Oh, it was oh, both times. God. Are you kidding me? So, yeah. well, I'm happy we went over it because I would have never fucking known. Yeah. Okay, so then that so, happened. So then as they realize that it's their own people and they actually didn't kill orcs, now actual orcs are coming to get them. And then that's when they yeah. retreat back to the tavern because now... Like they need to regroup. They just been bamboozled. Yeah. Yeah. So <laughs> they're fucking humans. Yeah. yeah. Like no um, wonder you guys were easy to kill. You're humans. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I thought that too. I was like, damn, like these orcs are, you know, like that was pretty quick. Although, just really quickly before we move on, I do want to say what was interesting about um Aaron Deer battling that really big orc is Galadriel like calling back to like previous episode when she's teaching them like how to fight orc she's like yeah mm. you have to be strategic like you don't have need that much force Arendir needed force his whole body to fucking battle that big ass orc it was literally yeah crazy. so just saying like sometimes you got to be strategic and 
strong. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah. Yeah, I, I could like couldn't believe like they were so bamboozled. Yes. And of course, and of course, like I said, they they now realize that they have to regroup, that they need to retreat somewhere. And of course, the tavern is literally the only place that they can go. So they retreat back. Everybody is getting killed, hit by arrows yeah. left and right, including Bronwyn, yes. um, which we already brought up. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, you know, that's, you know, with the seeds and everything and cauterizing her wounds. Um, and essentially it saves her. And for a second, they actually make it look like she died, like she passed out at least. Yeah. Yeah. And then, um, after cauterizing, just like she comes back to life. So like, there's just like this little ray of hope and then Adar shows up. <laughs> it's like, well, <laughs> it's ups and downs, man. Ups yeah. and downs. Yeah, it was, God, they really fucked with us in the in this episode. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, it, it rained down arrows and then they're basically at like a standstill. Mm-hmm. With yeah, because of course, Adar. you know, Adar is there for the sword. I know, and he fucking, I would just want to say, he walks in, like, it just felt like a Western for a second. Like, (laughs) the moon door open, like, kicking it down. Like, I'm here to fucking, like, riot, bitches. Mm -hmm. You know, it just felt very, like, the the air was sucked out of the room as soon as he showed up. Mm -hmm. Um, And he he says something about like, I know the elf this year, I smell him. I think that was earlier, but yeah. Oh, that was way early. That was at the tower. But nonetheless, it was almost like that happened. And of course he's looking for the sword, right? So Mm -hmm. it's, and, and what's really what I wrote down with like stars that I thought was interesting about it is that obviously he's looking for the sword or the, the, what are you calling it? The hilt? Hilt. Jesus. Like the I-L-T. Hilt, the hilt. Um, like the Hilton hotel. Yes. Yes. <laughs> um, he's looking for that and he basically tells Arnir, like, yeah, do it. And, you know, and he starts, um, you know, he has orcs go up to just random innocents, as we would call mm-hmm. them, like charmed, right? Mm-hmm. Just innocent people. And, you know, with like, swords to the belly and is like you know is it has it orders them to kill two of them and is like basically like are you gonna let all these people die or are you just gonna give it to me and then they say the you know the girl next and of course bronwyn's on the table fucking sweating was just cauterized and um okay. and r winces for a second but is still not willing to give it up because he is an elf and he understands the idea of greater good mm-hmm. over like current almost material things well yeah like he knows that 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 sword being in the wrong hands is greater and is going to bring more destruction than even just the love of his life i like it, it like he really loves this woman but he just he knows that so much more destruction is gonna happen if he if he doesn't like let her die yeah i feel like she knew too though and again i know bron was pissing me off this whole series but another redeeming moment in this like i feel like she really looked ready she kind of like pushed her neck up and like widened her eyes and like looked at her like oh the woman next oh well i'm not gonna say anything either 
I'll die for this. Yeah. Well, that and it was, was cool. Yeah. And it, it honestly, like, it was just so opposite of what we know that Theo does. Uh, Theo, mm-hmm. like, so basically we're on one, on one hand, r and is like greater good. And that is, you know, just such a noble quality. And it's a quality that really only elves have because they're the only immortal being, well, like in this world currently right now, they're the ones that really can see past like the, the, you know, the humanity, if you will, Mm -hmm. and the idea of human emotions, because they have so much more to look forward to. And they're looking for like, so basically it's not just the greater good, but it's also against the greater evil. Whereas like, Mm -hmm. okay, what is one life when it versus millions of lives that will Mm -hmm. be at stake and or taken if this gets in the wrong hands this being the primal wrong hands like this guy is the Mm -hmm. one that we don't want to have it Mm -hmm. um you know so it was it was really interesting to see that because we do know that R&D is very in love with Bronwyn but like you know, it, 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 it added a level, uh, like a layer of complexity mm. onto it too, that I really liked because I'm like, I just need complexity. A lot of this season has felt very simple to me, mm-hmm. like where I'm just like, okay, I'm waiting for the layers to stack on. I'm waiting to question a lot of things more and think about things deeper. Whereas this has all been like, kind of, uh, like top, top layer, you know, things, whereas this mm-hmm. kind of added onto the elven ways and how they think about things and etc um and then we have the immediate opposite which is theo bronwyn's son who is like fuck it i'll give it to you because he loves his mom so much and he's a human he's a human son so it just it both things make so much sense um and both things were exact opposite uh you know like reactions to the situation which I thought was really cool to see play out in one long scene Mm. well and also this is the first episode that we saw Aaron Deer and Bronwyn kiss which we didn't talk about I just wanted to mention that and I'm a little bit sad because they pulled out the scene and I was like I needed to be in there (laughs) um but also like I uh that like kind of strengthens that complexity too and even like when he when Adar is um kind of pressing him for the hilt and he's like oh the woman next he doesn't say no he just like growls like mm-hmm. a fucking dog it was hot it was so hot <laughs> I'm not gonna give it up though we're just hot <laughs> so yeah, yeah. um yeah. honestly I'm like sacrifice me all day every day for the greater good do it do it bark like a dog like that right before i die i'm good (laughs) here for it um jenna what did you think about the whole thing i mean you pretty much just hit it like nail on the head there like it's just the between the two just completely different races that we have i mean elves and humans it's like you said uh, elves have such a long lifespan and are essentially and can be immortal so they they will they don't humans don't understand the ramification of certain situations like this because they're not even if they do survive they're probably not going to live long enough to see 
the generations and generations of what this destruction will do. Whereas our deer who can live to be thousands of years old will see what like the downfall of, of many civilizations. So it's like, he has the ability to see the, the greater picture. Mm-hmm. Whereas Theo is like, you know, I understand that I have a, you know, I'm human. I have a shortened lifespan. My mom is all I have. This yeah. village is all I have. Like everything that is me is literally right here. So I don't care about what happens to everybody else because yeah, yeah. he's very small-minded in that in comparison to an elf yeah. and, how, and how they see nature and the world and, and everything in it. Yeah, that's a really good way of putting it. Even just the the know of generations and generations, it's like, you know, we, yeah. And we see it every day just in ourselves in real life, like how people just are careless with what they do because they're like, well, I won't be around. So like, fuck it. Well, it's a, and it's also too, like, you know, as much as Aaron Deere loves Bronwyn, he knows that she cannot live and be with him forever like you know so what is like her the rest of her life Mm. you know for her it's only a blip for him it's an expiration date yeah so I mean it's like it's go it's also uh, you know we see it later on in the in the movies you know I brought him up before it's you know Aragorn and Arwen like Mm. you know even though Aragorn is a Numenorean and he lives longer than a normal human, it's still not long enough to anywhere what Arwen is. Exactly, exactly. So it's it's this huge sacrifice for, you know, both parties to, you know, decide what to do about that relationship because it's just com- two completely separate, you know, different situations yeah. and lifespans. Yeah, I know it's crazy too. And that's immediately like what we get when we see that um, R&D and Bronwyn are a thing. It's like, oh, well, yeah, that's like yeah. yogurt, you know, eventually it's going to go bad. <laughs> Speaking of humans and elves, though, I do think it's a nice segue for Theo, especially being so like selfish and human. Enter... Numenorians, and I just want to touch on this quick moment. He, you know, sees Galad fucking come through on the horse, and he's like, "Who is that?" This man. Yeah, yeah. she she does that to a lot of people. Yeah, yeah. she does like, it to everyone. Everyone that sees her is like, like, I feel like at his young, ripe manhood of age, is something in his eyes was. Like, oh, something has awoken in me. Like, look at this beautiful blonde elf that oh, I've yeah. Made. He had his sexual awakening with her. Sexual for sure. awakening um, so hold on quickly before we get to that, because that's that I loved that part. Um, Jenna, do we have any idea how old Arendir is already? Because and then do we know if him and Galadriel have met before in the series? Because I don't remember them ever meeting. Um, I in the series, I don't no, they he haven't. She is, but I don't know if they've ever been like acquainted. It, I guess it's like, and this is. I, I mean, I would think her. that like throughout 
time. Like their lives. Yeah. They've met, like he knows who she is. Um, but as far as like, I don't know, because I I don't know exactly how old he is because they never yeah. say. Yeah. Um, okay. but so him being because it was mentioned episodes ago. Um, I forgot who Arendir was talking to, but they were talking about his post ending in the Southlands. And Arendir has been in the Southlands for about 80 years. Okay. Yeah. Because we were talking about how he has known Bronwyn since she was a baby. Oh, God. So, so since oh, before, God. She, like, he knew, he knew her since she was born, essentially, yeah, yeah. because, so, yeah, she. <laughs> Um, I forget if we said that on the pod or I think we said that off the pod and I'm sorry oh. to say this on the pod right now, but, um, okay. So, <laughs> so just to keep in mind, those are two questions, like overall questions that I have. Um, not, yeah, I don't, I don't know like how, like his exact age. Yeah. Um, but I would assume that he's at least a couple hundred years old. Um, because you have to figure, because I know I talked about like kind of like their aging process. Yes. Yeah. Um, and that like certain amount of time need like basically when they're 50 years old, they're kind of a teenager ish. Yeah, he looks pretty and, and that kind of thing. So I I would say he would have to be at least I would say at least like three or four hundred years old. So I would, but, I would think he's in the 40s. Yeah, he gives me not nearly as old as Galadriel or Elrond. Just- no, no, she, no, he's not as old as them because mm-hmm. I think uh, he says something at one point. I don't remember when it was, but I remember him saying some mentioning 200 years. But I don't, is it okay when he's. I don't know if it's when he's talking to Theo when about like when he's showing him the archery. Stuff. Yeah, like I learned this to you know. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. So like he references time frames, but, but that but that's him. But that's him referencing how many years it took him to master archery. Yes. Yeah. So you know that he's older than two hundred years. Yeah. Okay. All right, cool. So just something to keep in mind if it's mentioned at all. And just because I, uh, I say it all the time, I'm a chronological person. I like to know small details like that it just helps me paint a better picture for myself, but, um, we'll note that. And then if we see it in any of the episodes or hear it in the end, any of the episodes, like we'll mention it. Yeah. Um, but then, okay. So immediately going into the Luminorians, I think that's the word. Um, coming Luminor, Luminorian, with the Luminorians. Lu- <laughs> what am I talking They're about? luminating with their white <laughs> armor. Exactly. <laughs> They're so bright. And I loved it. You know, and the thing is, is I will say, uh, we also have a podcast where we talk about House of Dragon. House of Dragon is um, chronically dark. And oh, this God. show has been a breath of fresh air with the brightness and wow. It shows in the budget and I really think it's a budget thing. They have so much money to make the, the CGI and the special effects and the props and the settings and the outfits and everything that they do so good. And I'm just like, HBO, honey, 
it seems like it just it feels cheap when you're darkening scenes it feels like you don't have the budget to make things as detailed as you want them to be and you don't want us to see the imperfections so it is a breath of fresh air to to have this be so light and so basically i mean what happens is i don't the numenor they don't come until the next day no they're basically holding up in the fucking tavern about yeah, they're, they're yeah. held up and then they're up and they're about to get smushed like these motherfuckers are about to come in the door and you hear the rumbling of the horses yes. yeah yeah because ultimately and- theo gives up the hilt but, yes yeah. okay so, Which was also crazy to me because uh, a lot of people online were like, well, if Arendir hid the hilt, how did Theo know where it was? And I'm like, blood. he's bonded with the sword. Okay, he's gonna so- know where it is. Okay, all right, hold on. Let's quickly go back to that because that was my thing. That's why I was like, Arendir, you're not a total idiot. Because everybody- No, he is an idiot. He doesn't well, he- understand the power. He knows that the sword is important. But okay. I don't think he understood how connected uh, Theo was. How it connected, him. how connected Theo was to it. Because at this point, the only thing that Arendir has seen is the hilt itself, because he hit it. And two, he saw that there was a sword in the engraving or whatever, the statue that was at the tower. Because mm-hmm. that, like, that. Mm-hmm was like the key place yeah. you know for the the sword so he see he's seen it twice he understands it's a key he doesn't understand really what it does right but he knows it's important and he knows oh, that evil is after it yes wait yes wait okay hold on hold on two things sorry sorry um number one the tower is that where waldreg goes back to yes yes so that is why Adar plants the seeds there because he knows ultimately yes. death will come from that place because that's where the key goes. Yes. Okay. I didn't I didn't make that connection at all. I didn't know where Waldrig was at all. I was like, oh, he fucked off in the middle of yeah. the woods somewhere and put this key yeah. into a fucking well. Yeah, um, so 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 that makes sense. Yeah. So so basically, like Iron Deer doesn't know exactly how the the blood oath thing works i don't think he really realized what well so and i think he just thought theo had it and not that like didn't know anything more about it yeah so i don't think theo showed him or bronwyn the actual scar on his arm no i don't i don't think so either yeah he's the one who hides a zombie bite yes literally and that's it is quite literally a zombie bite so yeah um, yeah, so, so that so that's why he knows where it is because it's essentially the the same thing as the the rings, yeah, um, you can you know, and that yeah, like you you sense where it is. That's why every time Frodo would put the ring on, the ring race knew where to find him because it like activated the ring, and they knew. It's the yeah. same thing with the sword. It's like once you're connected to it. You, you, it almost like calls to you 
Yeah. So that was my immediate thing. And everybody was just like, R and D, are you really going to be a fucking elf and followed by a 14 year old boy or whatever? And I'm like, I don't think Theo followed him. I think that he just was able to sense it when they were in the room. Mm-hmm. And that's when we knew exactly where it was. R and is only smart on the battlefield as we've come. He's to- only smart about things that he knows about. Yes. <laughs> We've come I mean, and, and 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 then we talk about this having hundreds of years of peace and prosperity and etc. Like it's almost like even in Numenor, like these boys aren't prepared for battle, right? right. Because they've never oh my gosh. battle. <laughs> and so, yeah, yeah, and that will of, bring us right into the next part. But poor fucking Antamo. Oh god, can't handle. I know. Oh my God. He's getting wailed on yeah. and he's just like, I'm good. Yeah. This no, is my I'm one glad. and only this battle. Is, I'm, yeah. I'm, this is yeah. it. So my point being, you know, and it's, it's similar in the house of dragon where they're all so used to no conflict because there's been just, you know, an overwhelming sense of peace and good and prosperity and et cetera, et cetera. So it's like, they, they're not well prepared. They have no idea. And I think R and D is no exception. Like Galadriel is old enough, I think, well older than R and D, and no she didn't even know that the thing was a map. So, yeah. well, exactly. So it's like there's still some ignorance, like an ignorance no one's bliss, and it, ignorance yeah. is bliss, and they've been living in bliss, and they're now they're finally starting to accept that there is evil in the world, and they're like, oh mm-hmm. shit, I don't know what to do with this. I don't know how to fucking deal with this. Mm-hmm. So, with that being said. Let's get into the Numenor is actually coming through white fucking. I'm just, I'm thrilled about their, I I love their armor. I love it. Love it. Love it. I've never once in all of the, and I love battle shit, um, especially like old Renaissance battle. I love it all. Um, I've never once seen white armor and I'm like, oh, this is just. It's beautiful. They looked like doves coming in to kill killer doves. Oh, really, doves. it was wonderful. They were, it was beautiful. Um, and and then they were fucking massacring. And then this is my my second Game of Thrones reference that this reminded me of was um, Battle of the Bastards, Jon Snow against Ramsay Bolton, and oh my gosh, oh my god, and they're all just it's a literal. like diseased fucking mess it's just like it looks like a wound that's just festering so quickly it's a huge fucking pot of dying men killing other men and etc and it's just and then you get Sansa the wonderful and then in the veil yeah and then the the knights of the veil coming in with their flags yep. on horseback, just surrounding them and just being like, all right, cool. We'll when when all, when you think all hope is lost. Exactly. That yeah. is- Here, here she fucking comes. Well, and yeah. especially because no one in that battle was on horseback. Everybody was on foot for the most part. There might've been a couple, maybe a couple hundred people total on horseback, but like a lot of it was foot soldiers and that's exactly what this was. We didn't have horses. It was very much foot. And when you're thinking about battles, like horses are incredibly important 
Um, so, you know, the, the Numenor people coming in on horseback and just coming in and fucking slay left, slay right, slay yeah. left, blah, 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 like just with the knife skill or with the sword skills. And it was, it like really felt like the, the Hail Mary pass that we needed. Yeah. Um, and that gave me Battle of the Bastards, Game of Thrones. And I was not mad about it at all. I loved yeah, it. it was- I loved it. It was great. Um, I have to say Galadriel was smooth as butter coming mm-hmm. as yeah, dodging those arrows. Yeah. Well, yeah. So when Legolas was was trending on Twitter, I thought that they were talking about R and Deer, but they were really talking about the horse tricks. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So Galadriel on a horse is fucking effervescent, man. Like she is just yeah even when she's angry like I don't know it was such a contrast later on when she's like chasing um uh Adar but like she looks so pissed off oh her face and it was such a contrast to when we saw her on horseback um when she was riding to the place to the oh the house uh, the house of floor yeah yeah out of so yeah happy and just joyous like this was such a sharp contrast um but being on horseback which I thought was really like interesting and I also want to say like the music in that particular scene was really great yeah um and honestly there was just it was god I'm sorry my notes say Isil daddy getting it Isil dirt getting it how Brandon armor is fucking hot, sexiness everywhere. <laughs> also, okay. a quick shout out to um Valendil, the the darker haired friend, oh, yes. who's now lieut- a lieutenant, lieutenant. jumping oh, off the horse. He's just like, "Fuck it, I'm getting oh. off this horse. I'm just gonna beat you to death and slice you up I- on foot. I don't give a shit." I yeah, love him. Great. I love him. I love it's him. So good. I love him so much. I love yeah. him so much. Guys, I was just And then of course like, saves his friend. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He's beaten to shit because he can't he can't hang. He can't handle it. Oh my god. There are a lot of things to unpack in this. Okay, so I'm gonna bring it back to number one. Honestly, the guy Jenna, you just mentioned with the curly hair, don't know his name. I was just in Spain. He looks like every man there, and I am in love. <laughs> I fucking love him. I'm like, yes. <laughs> for the dark hair yes for the curly hair i'm fucking here for it um especially coming off of house of the dragon where everyone has white hair and i'm like i'm over this give yeah. me complexion for fuck's sake please um so a complexion in all things skin and hair i'm just like i need diversity and this show does such a good job about it so i'm just like yes i love to no, see it not me um, i thought i love me some targaryens i love me uh Geralt from witcher i love legolas yeah i love i I, give me give me the white platinum silver hair all day every day oh my god no i'm just i'm here for i'm giving me some dark curls man (laughs) but um yes so basically they come in galadriel fucking vixen vixen is you know and they really casted such a good person to look so good on a horse because that is galadriel's thing yes horseback she is here for it and i love seeing her on it both for good and for bad i'm just like yeah she this is her comfort zone so i'm here for that she's in fucking armor she's kicking ass um we have all the rest of the guys coming in Mm -hmm. after her and then 
you know, there's some Jenna, you mentioned the, the one friend's name that was like, Oh, on Tamo. Yeah. Yeah. So he ends up getting, um, you know, thrown off the horse basically, and is, you know, attacked by orcs. Uh, the other hottie gets off, protects him. Mm-hmm. And then there's a certain point where um, Ellen Deal is being attacked on all sides by orcs. And then mm-hmm. Muriel, we see that she's actually there. Yeah, she's hilltop. Yeah, she's not in the fight as she should, Queen. Like, yeah. yes, you stay oh. in safe distance. That's but- some- a seal door is there he's in armor she's got kind of a cavalry behind her just in case and she's she tells the seal door to go ellen deals being attacked and um hallbrand this i feel like this is very important because hallbrand is an incredibly important person but uh ellen deal is on the floor he's being attacked or on the ground he's being attacked by orcs and hallbrand a seal door is fucking rushing down the hill on his horse uh Hallbrand throws a spear I believe yes yeah with the back of whatever or the orc that's on Ellen Deal and um and Ellen they they share a look with one another and Hallbrand is just like yeah I did that bitch and then rides off and it's like a you you owe me I I know it (laughs) almost it really felt like that was just like Hallbrand I never know your intentions you are just a question mark and honestly him being that much of a question mark turns me off I'm just like I'm not even into (laughs) you you know you're too much of a question mark I'm like nope no I'm all I'm all right Hallbrand uh but Isildur gets down to you know this fighting area right at the time that that happens and then him and Asildor, Asildor is, you know, he runs up to his dad, his dad's like, Asil daddy is like, um, <laughs> uh, is like, yeah, I'm fine. I'm fine. Don't worry, etc. Uh, so, and then we move on to, I believe where Adar is trying to make an escape. Galadriel finds Arendir and she says, who is their master? Who is their their commander and he says him right there you can't let him get away with that because he's got this cloth wrapped thing whereas before i just want to note this because obviously it comes up later before they as soon as they hear the rumble when they're in the tavern as soon as excuse me they hear the rumbling of the the horses coming um adar runs outside and says haldreth that's wait no what's his name waldrag waldrag Waldrag. Waldrag, do me a favor and then all of a sudden we see galadriel in the clan right so so we do but he does say waldrag do me a favor that's we realize that the what i think he says i have a job for you yeah it's, it's something along those lines but we know that he's asking him to do something because he knows that he's about to be caught um, and then we get the, the entire army that comes in Adar tries to escape Galadriel at this point, talking to, um, to Arendir realizes that and is like, fuck that. I'm not letting him go. And that's where we get this majestic horse scene. Hallbrand yeah. sees that Galadriel is going after him. Hallbrand clearly knows who this man is that we find mm-hmm. out in a few minutes. So he goes after them too, but a different way, which was incredibly smart um so they the three of them end up uh almost at like a traffic collision in this wooded area somewhere and that's where we get to 
you know, the the cat get a hall hall brand tripping the horse and the horse is like, what the fuck, bro? Oh my god, I know. And it's just it's not hurting the horse. It really sucks because I mean I've seen a lot worse done to a horse. And like I know that you know this stuff, it like I'm not talking about this in a production uh way at all, but it's just like I just thinking like this is what life once was and like how many horses needed a trip for (laughs) the shitty ass people on top of them to fall you know yeah it is not their fault he didn't stab him he didn't break his legs I was really happy about that I was like that's a good way to just get him off good job Halbrand you did what you needed to do and you almost fucking killed him in the woods after this yes yeah Yeah, because we have Halbrand basically asking him like do you remember me you know do you remember me yeah and it's just a fucking slap in the face when adar's like nope no (laughs) (laughs) i don't motherfucker and of course like and then and then that's just like you know insult to injury it's just like you know just just no just plain and simple nah bro Oh my yeah. god, so fucking funny. It was so fucking funny. But like, okay, so now the internet is back on thinking that um Hallbrand is Sauron. Mm. So, and that would almost make I mean, I guess it would make sense for Sauron to ask uh Adar that question, like, do you remember? Can you recognize me in a way? You know, yeah. not do you remember me as someone that you punish, but do you recognize me as your fucking maker bro oh yeah because i mean eventually like that's what adar says like he's really just like twisting the knife in a wound saying like Mm -hmm. you know did i hurt someone you love like a woman a a child like he's really just like and and that's the thing is that i understand why like the internet is on like oh halbrand is sauron but then for Halbrand to get that upset at those questions mm-hmm. I'm like why would Sauron get mad at those questions well yeah so so it's it's very like it's it's a very gray area of how Halbrand is acting right now because it's again I feel like the the identity of Sauron is just all red herrings every yeah. single character is just a huge red herring everything yeah. so it's like yeah why would Sauron get mad at, at our asking those questions yeah you know or is it an act because galadriel's there like it's just you know it it's all in it's all questionable yeah no and then you think about it so we'll uh, i'll just jump ahead really quick but like you think about it he had the spear to adar's throat when adar is is asking these things he says do you remember me do you remember me was, um, it could be both. It could be, I'm your maker or I'm your victim easily, either one mm-hmm. of those. Um, and then the, the question, then he lets Adar, uh, kind of run the conversation. He doesn't really say anything else after that, mm-hmm. but then later on when Galadriel has Adar in for questioning tied up and she's yeah. got the, you know, the dagger to his throat, uh, Hellbrand walks in and says, Gladriel, like, and stops her from doing it. Yeah. So yes. it's almost like <clears throat> it could have been, if you think about it, and like, I don't know, I don't have any theories yet, but 
it could go either way it, because it could be he was like leading the the witness almost right mm-hmm. like that's kind of what it, it could be in the in the woods and then almost at the end of it when Galadriel actually had the power stopping her yeah. in the same way that she stopped him so yeah, that's because that's the other thing too is like Galadriel you know and again, tying the two scenes together because Galadriel ends up uh, when she's questioning Adar, she asks him where Sauron is and Adar says he killed him. He kills him. Yeah. And and she's like, I don't fucking believe you, bro. Like, yeah. I don't believe that shit. And he's <laughs> like, like, oh, you, don't, you don't think an Uruk could do yeah. that? Yeah. yeah. And then, you know, and then Adar, I think he asks like who Halbrand is because obviously like Halbrand was a good and gave the answer like he's not gonna tell like Adar who he is. Yeah. Um but like he he doesn't answer. Like he's just, you know, I'm not gonna tell you who I am. You didn't, you know, you're not giving me any answers. So why the fuck am I gonna answer anything, you know, for you? And I I just wanna say that I love that energy. You don't have to explain yourself to anybody, you know? You don't mm-hmm. have to say shit to anybody. It's actually better when you don't say shit to anybody, you know? Yeah. Like, so I'm just like, I'm here for that from Halbrand. But all right, so let's talk about just the Woods affair for a second. Um, Galadriel is chasing after Adar. Halbrand comes in, trips the horse. We kind of went over the details, but... What did you guys think about the the interaction, the altercation, the everything that happened? This is where I started to almost feel bad for not not really, but with Adar, it almost for me it felt like he laid down his defenses in a way, like he was just like, okay, like you know, and he he's still an evil person, yeah, but this is where I kind of started to soften up for him, and I, I know that the show did this on purpose, because I thought that I was the only person feeling like this until I went online, and a lot of people felt like this, and I was like, oh, thank God, I'm not a psycho sympathizer. Thank well, the other, the other thing is, too, uh, like, about <laughs> the wood scene, uh, like, specifically, is that, I mean, not only, like, is he smart to just not put up a fight against those two people? But he also had already put the plan with Waldreg into motion. So he knows he doesn't. Yeah. Yeah. He already knows kind of like in the same way that uh, um, Arendir was feeling with Bronwyn where it's like, you know, if I have to die, you know, for the greater good, his greater good, you know, I already know I did my part. So like, he didn't put up a fight in that, that moment, really. I mean, yeah, he was running away, but he was running away as a ploy, not to save himself, but to like further the two of them away from the plan that was already in motion. So he was ready right there to die because he's like, I know I still got you. I know I already like did my part. So go ahead. So, well, okay. So, and that... in a way, I felt like him egging a Halbrand on was egging him on to kill him because he oh. was done. Well, yeah, no. And even then, also just further procrastination to get any, like, just to keep them away. Like, clearly, you know, he's the leader of this pack, he wants the leader of the other pack's attention. And that's mm-hmm. exactly what he got. 
So, and that's exactly what he needed to, you know, for this, uh, like decoy scam, Mm -hmm. right. That he did. Um, if he gets, I mean, like not to be simple about it, but like, if he gets Galadriel and elf to chase him, like Galadriel is an elf, like, yeah, she's killed, but like, she's gonna like not kill at like most costs. Like he knew that he had time with her instead of just battling it out like if she comes and chases me and gets me like she's gonna keep me alive for questioning yeah yeah like yeah so there's self-interest for sure but there's also when jenna when you say like okay we're talking about in elven it's greater good and then in in adar's world it's greater bad i guess but yeah but to him it's greater good because uh, originally um so without getting into like too 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 much of like the details of like the lore and stuff essentially the whole point of all of this happening is for everything to be united under one power that's Mm -hmm. what they care about they care about having basically the entire world as they know it just controlled and under one power now whoever decides to side with them they side with them. Yeah. And um, he says that in, yeah. in, w- during the questioning is like Sauron's whole point was for, the, you know, to unite. Yeah. It's for everybody to live yeah. peacefully under one, mm-hmm. under one rule. It's not so much that it was evil, how they're doing it and how they're trying to conquer people is evil. Is evil. But the mm-hmm. idea of everybody being united as one comes to them comes from a good place it's it's yeah. it's socialism it is well yeah. it, it is socialism <laughs> if you will so uh so it's, to, it's to put it like cuba socialism versus like denmark socialism but, yeah so know. it's like you know for them it's like yeah we're a bunch of orcs and we do a lot of questionable things but in the long run this is the good that we want for it to come out uh, like we we want good to come out of this and because the way that they see it is that if the entire world is under one rule and they all agree to it then there's no more wars well and that's because everybody's is just ruled by one thing and that's so when people keep fighting against it that's what makes things good and evil in their eyes yeah well and that's what's crazy is that both ultimately want peace yes and that's insane. I didn't even realize that because it it's not very like it's it's very apparent now. And I think that because we're seeing the other side of the darkness, we're getting more of context from the the quote unquote dark side, right? And the way that they're going about it, of course, terrible. But um even with Adar, even just moving into the um, interrogation of him and Galadriel, there's a point where I sincerely feel bad for him. And I don't remember exactly what was said or what it was that made me like jerk and be like, oh, I feel bad for this man. But um, I think uh, probably the part that you're talking about is he kind of goes into his past of seeing how a lot of these creatures were tormented um yes yeah no and he's um, like to to create this this army and that a lot of lives were lost on his end due to 
what he oh, even yeah. sees as evil. Well, yeah. yeah, no, and he and he says that he okay. So and all of everything that he says in this bit is very important because basically she says, "Where is Sauron?" and he says you know, he starts talking about how he killed him. Right. Like mm-hmm. this, which none of us believe, but, um, I, mean, I, I, I have a theory, but go ahead. Okay. No, no, no. Okay. So I'll explain what he says and then mm-hmm. we'll get into the theory, but he basically says that Sauron was, um, basically hell bent on creating unity mm-hmm. and, um, you know, and as we can understand it on like a socioeconomic, you know, level, uh, socialism just wanted everybody to be one under one rule and peaceful in that. Um, and that basically he was sending Adar and his orc children out to do these fights. And a lot of Adar's children were dying yeah. And eventually he was done with it and said, fuck you. I'm not going to send my, more of my children to die for your cause. And that's yeah. when he said that he killed him, but none of us believe that. Yeah. Um. So that was kind of his explanation to when Galadriel asked where Sauron was. Mm-hmm. Right. So, yeah. Um. but, you know, beyond that, what else did he say? He said a lot. I mean, essentially the, the gist of what he was saying is, is what you were talking about with, you know, his children and how, you know, just because it's in, in simpler terms, uh, like just because they're orcs doesn't mean that they don't deserve life. Right? Yeah. Well, um, okay. So that was my main point. Actually, that's what I forgot to say is that. Yeah you know they have and he also keeps referring to himself as uruk when she yeah when she keeps referring to him as like other things or yeah 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 yeah. so so yeah that was that was actually my main point was that not just sauron and the the political side of it but just like you know my children they have hearts they have souls they belong somewhere too well, right. And I think that he mentioned that they were created like from the same like eternal flame, like that elves were mm-hmm. created. Yeah. Like, yeah. Yeah. Because yeah. because that also goes on the theory that um that orcs are uh elves. Yeah. That they're I just corrupted elves. Like I said, I remember uh, like I had mentioned before that it was always a theory because Tolkien never actually like fully said. It. said yeah. that's what it is but it still it goes on to like almost prove that theory of you know well, these these beings were once something good and it's not their fault that they were twisted and corrupted into something else yeah that you know well, that's not their fault they should still they're still living they're still a being and they they deserve to be here as much as anybody else and because he watched all of them right you know being corrupted and the things and the the testing and the experiments that were done to them to make them into these things so you know it just goes back to what we were saying before where it really just like kind of deep dives into making you feel sorry for you know because every villain has like their origin story a reasoning for why they believe the things that they do and their their justification for doing certain things yeah usually fucked up 
Yeah, well, because yeah. you know, you see a race of your own people because he is an elf, supposedly, you know, again, not confirmed, but you know, these orcs were once elves. You know, it's just you know, to see your people turned into these things and they look up to you. They're I mean, they're calling him father. Yeah. You know, so it's like you know, he, it's like he's, as a father, he's trying to do his best, okay? <laughs> well, I mean, and even then, even then it's just like, he's, he's doing, like, such a good job, because, like, that's really, you're right, that's when I started to, like, feel for him, because it's like, he's like, yeah, these are, I mean, she definitely says, we'll kill all your orcs, and he's like, okay, and I was like, oh, okay, sociopath cool well um, the other thing is too but, is that he he also understands i think at that point kind of like the the interaction in the woods with Halbrand, where he's kind of just like okay yeah my he, job is like yeah he just he yeah. understands that he's on the losing side yeah it's, it's a shoulder shrug for him at this moment but yeah because um, it's but, like if you're gonna kill me you're gonna kill me and then if i'm gone then all my children are gonna be gone so it's like anyway, what the yeah. hell can i do yeah what can i say to you right now to like so which is which is actually pretty scary because there is like i know that he is on at the precipice of his losing table of not um, not in fight or flight mode. He's almost just in like, all right, cool. Accept yeah. it. Which is, you know, which is almost that uh, that is what it is. But, um, the, but again, he's also that, saying this, knowing that his plan is currently being, of course, executed. Yes, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, but him saying like talking about, you know, they're like when she's talking about killing them, and he's like, yeah, but they have hearts and they have souls and they have lot like they are beings too, and they have no home. And that really was shitty because it's like, okay, yeah, we think of them as inherently evil. And that's really one of the biggest things that I've appreciated about the show so far is that in the movies we never get the dynamic of the evil really like we get the dynamic of the evil when someone has the ring and mm-hmm. when someone is corrupted in that way a good person is corrupted and etc we might get a little bit more than that but really we're not getting the villain story and like but normally the villain story is is a it, first of all, it's a good story, and second of all, it's a story of like a good turned evil. It's always sad. Yeah, yeah, and it's always very sad. So, so I like I think that that's like, and honestly, the way that he was saying it, like we're not doing any justice to the the way that he was saying it, but the way no. he was saying it and how how almost vulnerable he was with Galadriel, yeah. fucking the the fucking like strongest elf there is in his face and it it just felt like there there was just so much of me that was like oh my god I am empathizing with you you serial killer how why am I doing this again I yeah like I'm the type to empathize with every serial killer so like that I know it's an issue with me and that's why I'm like is this my issue or is it (laughs) no it's thank god I logged on line and everybody was feeling the same way and I was like oh thank fucking god I'm not 
crazy. Well, right. Because I, I think Jenna said it, like, we understand that like most villains, like, you know, we, we joke about it online all the time, like villain era, like this is where the villain era began. And it's usually fucked up. Like it's sad. And you're like, wow, like I can understand why you're like this now because your mom was an asshole to you. Mm -hmm. You know, like we see these. Absolutely. Yeah. So, I mean, I'm just saying that that's a general, just like, you know, whatever experience. Yeah, no, definitely. Definitely. And I think that we're going to see, I mean, he's not dead. Uh, Hopefully we don't know everything blew the fuck up, Uh, Mm -hmm. which brings us to our next bit, which is, <laughs> yes, is, <laughs> I'm, I'm working on these transitions, guys. I'm very proud so far. Um, I've which started this episode only. <laughs> Mount Doom. Yes. Mount okay. Doom. So Jenna, why don't you lead us off with <laughs> Mount Doom? This. <laughs> Mount Doom. <laughs> uh, yeah. So. For for those of you that don't know, uh, Mount Doom plays a really big big part in the Lord of the Rings series. Oh yeah, uh, it is literally where Frodo needs to take the One Ring to destroy it. Mm-hmm. Is, so for those of you that uh, don't know, it's very important, very important volcano slash mountain slash area of of this of this world and everybody's celebrating that that's what really kills me about this is that everybody is like let's throw it like have this feast let's all celebrate you know this is a win for us we did it yay and old old man wall drag that was the worst part for me i was i literally was like wrote it down in my notes like favorite part the feast yeah <laughs> the feast. like immediately after i was like are you okay we couldn't even get three minutes of them just mm-hmm. chilling yeah because <laughs> okay so also leading up to this moment we do uh we do get a moment between um with with theo because he does feel guilty about mm-hmm telling Adar where the hilt is. Um, you know, he feels like a loss for for giving it up as well, because also have to remember that this hilt, you know, with the powers that it has, almost like claiming uh, a person that uses it, um, he's also torn because it's like, yeah, not only did he give it up, but he's also losing it because he is like starting to become hungry for that power. So yeah. it feels like a loss to him at the same yeah. time. It's kind of like an addiction. To yes. The story. It really, no, it, it really, really is. is. Yeah. And Aaron Deere is like, you know, he gives him this wrapped up what we now know is a hatchet, That's but it. he get he gives it to him and he's like, because this is something that you were so attached to, you should throw this in the ocean because again the ocean knows all and the ocean is a very big part in a lot of this but it's like you know on the way back you know when we all go to Numenor from the boat toss it toss it into the ocean get rid of it like you know whatever yeah he basically give this to somebody that's going back to Numenor so they can toss it in the ocean and then so nobody will ever fucking see it again 
Yep. Theo, Theo is the only one smart enough to open the yeah. fucking cloth. Oh, yes, God. the entire time. And okay, so earlier in the pod, I mentioned how there is like a huge thing that I fucking hated about this episode. And it's literally yeah. that. Yeah. It's literally the fact that no one double checks. Nobody double checked. Number one. So one, okay, one, there was a smaller thing. The, the, like, I understand why they did it for story-wise, and I, I guess a lot of people from online, like, miss this as well, too, but that moment when Adder comes out of the tavern and tells Waldrig, like, hey, I have a plan for you. Oh, so um, I saw that, but I didn't Nothing so, happened. So, okay, so the that, thing, so. the thing is, is that, like, I hated that part just because it's, like, well, now we know Waldrig is up to something. Like, right. thanks for letting us know. Yeah. So, uh, but apparently a lot of people didn't catch that. So I'm like, okay, it was just me being neurotic and noticing every detail. Great. I did catch it quite like right away. And I was like, oh no. Like, yeah. So I hate that they gave it up so quickly that Waldrig was going to be up to something. Yes. Um, Because there was nothing going on in that scene. It literally, they were the only two people in the scene. Adar walks out, tells Waldrig like, Hey, I have this task for you. Well, so so I will say that I noticed it, but then the the Numenor horses were already coming in. That it was like it felt the first time that I watched it, it felt like he wasn't able to tell him this thing because they the the Numenors had. Well, no, but that that's what I mean. Is that like nothing was actually accomplished from it? That's what it felt like the first time that I watched it, and then I saw what actually happened. Yeah, it was like, how did you devise this plan in five seconds? Throw me a hatchet, (laughs) I'll throw you my fucking hill, and then you already know what to do. So that that was like that was like the one thing where I was just like, oh, okay, so now we know like all drugs up to no good. Like that's just a nitpicky thing. But the biggest kill this man is the 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 biggest thing was the fact that nobody fucking checked the guy. Like yeah, that pissed everyone off. Hillbrand and Gladriel are merry way on their fucking horses, bring Adar back to the village to fucking tie him up and keep him prisoner. And no, at no point during that that ride back did some either one of them check it. I am like I get yep. for the story why they had to do it, but it's just so like out of character for like yeah. anything. It really is. It, and especially so. for an elf that is supposed to be, you know, we saw we literally noted so many times how how like quick yeah. and and resourceful and everything Galadriel and Elrond have been and I'm just like are you fucking I'm literally like rubbing the migraine out of my own head because of how this happened yeah yeah you know and I I just wish that they somehow figured out another way to do it without making the characters every single character who came into contact with this wrapped item completely inept and yeah. stupid yes. like they, i wish they just somehow came up with another way to do it yeah, why yeah. would you trust adar why would you trust him yeah well i mean uh, so so the way that it panned out is that adar was in the tavern got the sith got the sith i'm just gonna call <laughs> it that, I guess. whatever like star wars for life um <laughs> 
uh got the hilt 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 the teeth jesus christ hilton baby hilton guys all right hilt sword just call it a sword just call it a sword whatever the fuck it is this this precious piece of uh evil stone and wraps it up at well it's already wrapped up right he gets it and then goes outside and says hey heldreg waldreg (laughs) (laughs) now we're getting (laughs) hilton waldreg (laughs) okay Uh, he's like waldreg i have a favor and then like must toss him and then just be like hey toss me back something wrapped in in cloth clearly that's what happened and then as soon as he got they had to do this while the numenorean army is 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 yeah so and rampling through the village to kill your orcs so my only thing that like the numenors come when it's like dusk and galadriel and halbrand don't actually take off uh like towards or like following at our until it's like lighter out so like maybe the sun something happened we yeah like, no, there's, i feel like there's time between but we just didn't see it and then that- that's not the big issue the big issue is that nobody fucking checked it yes nobody yeah. checked that's nobody checked it so Every then we have yeah the only god theo is the one who checks it Theo. Well, yeah. because he, the, and the, he, let's hide the zombie bite Theo is the yes. only one that decides to be like, hmm, let me open well, this back up. Yeah. So, and because he checks his own scar and it's not doing the normal wiggly thing. And he's like, no, this ain't right. So yeah, then he opens it. it. This ain't and, it. This ain't it. So he yeah. opens it, and, but like uh, honestly, then again, does he tell anybody? Because we we like go. Well, at that right point, it does, I mean, at that point, it doesn't fucking matter where whether well, he I know. tells anybody yeah. or not, because okay. rumbling happens because we skip over to Waldreg putting the fucking sword in the keyhole and completely opening the floodgates, literally, and yes. then and now okay. we know why that the orcs were building and digging out trenches because right. the trenches so, are meant to lead the water, water to the volcano. Fucking volcano and we get mount okay so right. while we're on this while we're on this i would like to talk about mount doom let's talk about it well would you like to know before we get there let's <laughs> okay. like just quickly because there's a couple things that take place while this is happening, which, yes, yes, yes. Um, you know, we're really happy and like celebratory because they're all together and they're kind of celebrating, which makes this even worse. But like, you know, a couple things happen like Bronwyn and uh, the Queen Mariel's conversation. First of all, I forgot to say oh, yes. it looks so great. That armor is awesome. That's another thing that you should make, Jenna, that armor for Mariel and her son. It all, do- it all just looks insane. All of their stuff just looks great yeah so you definitely need to do that but their little conversation was so sweet i mm-hmm. i thought that was really nice um yeah. their interaction and then also you know fucking hallbrand basically accepts his role as king of the southlands like that was yes. a- not hallbrand not hallbrand 
Oh, wait, no, it's Harwin. No, no, no. Yes. no. I, thought, I thought you said Harwin for a second. I thought you said Harwin as in- No, wrong show. No, no, not Harwin. <laughs> uh, Sorry, I'm a little high. So like my team might that. be a little lazy. <laughs> no, 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 no. That was my fault. That was my fault. <laughs> um, Yeah, but I was like, oh shit. Like he accepted it and he like did like, there was like a little pause. Yeah, that was the whole thing. Yeah. Yeah, but like the that was important, and like little do they know, like he's accepting it. They're like, "Oh, the king of the Southlands, hell yeah!" Like we're good to go. And then this fucking water's rushing, fucking going into the lava, making the pressure points go fucking crazy, and then boom, shakalaka. And actually, I got confused because I saw the water go, and I was like, "Oh no, Numenor!" I thought. Yeah. It was- <laughs> Oh my god, that's so funny. Boom shakalaka. <laughs> point, the pressure point pressing. Boom shakalaka. Oh my god, that was such a good, funny SNL version of what happened. <laughs> like, <laughs> it's true. It went off in flames. And uh, the path of that destruction was so epic. Honestly, the well, filming was crazy as fuck no it was incredible and honestly no you brought up a good point that um i forgot to mention was the fact that hallbrand is it like became the king of the southlands like it basically well yeah because uh, ronwin's just like are you him yeah no so so muriel who we've mentioned once just being up on the fucking hill like watching what's happening making sure because if if shit was going south she was gonna dip like she was she was fucking out um but you know she's waiting up and she sees that you know they're victorious whatever she goes down they're having this feast and then she basically sees bronwyn and is like bronwyn you know basically she just introduces Bronwyn to Hallbrand and says, "Yeah, well, this is this is the, the prince that yeah. was promised, if this you will. Is the guy, yeah. like this is we got this him, is the dude. This is this is Jon Snow, <laughs> the prince that was promised. You know, and really, and really, the thing is, is like, you know, what was so incredible, and honestly, I'm just like, are you fucking kidding me? Is that like she was like." <gasps> oh my god you're the king we were meant and i'm just like bitch no (laughs) he needs a full questioning he needs a recruitment period he needs everything yeah they accept i don't trust this man i don't trust this man so yeah yeah. well how that works out so then we get to the big boom Mount Doom. <laughs> and honestly, it was so upsetting. I was so upset. I was so fucking upset. And I had oh. so questions because everyone's freaking out. The queen, honestly, Muriel. The look on her face. The look on all of their faces is just it, like, it was, uh, it, was it was awful. And I have to give it up for Muriel because she was just grabbing random people. And I was like, oh, you're a good queen. Like, yeah. you were, you're not just trying to save yourself. She was like, get this peasant in here. Yeah, they, I mean, they all were. Like, Halbrand was, she was, like, yeah. they, they really, like, you know, except stepped it up again, it. like, out of, well, yeah, except Galadriel because she, because she knows what it means. 
yeah she's the, yeah. She's the, the only one other than like like Aaron Deer. like so, she's the only one that literally knows what it means yeah, yeah so I'm thinking on this note Jenna um give us all the Mount Doom lore that you well are all her um, friends dead is everyone dead well no uh, we no. won't know till next Daddy, episode no <laughs> the thing is this is two to three and oh and they don't they uh, they also uh because the whole time that this is also happening just to go backtrack just a tiny bit while everything is rumbling and the water is getting ever closer um Mm -hmm. we see adar put his ear to the ground yes yes and he he knows and he knows that waldrig he's like my boy yeah (laughs) It's like yeah. he did it. And um I also he's gone at the I think they don't they show a scene of Adar missing. Well, so like I again. Uh, so the ending scenes were so quick that I don't even know what to make of any of them. Yeah, I only watched it once, so I but oh, well, I don't no, know why I, I'm yes. thinking why? that they showed the wherever they were keeping him in the tavern or in a house where wherever they were keeping they were him tied up like a barn stable and yeah um, I, I, I I don't know why remember. I'm remembering this but I I'm remembering him putting his ear to the ground because yes. like he knows what's happening he definitely did and that I also for some reason I'm remembering them showing that barn area and he's not there anymore okay. and I could be wrong. Okay, no, 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 but I also could be wrong. I have no idea. And like, honestly, but I don't recall it specifically. Um, I am going to. I did watch it twice. I was going to say, yeah, no, I've watched it twice too. And, and I think that in this, in the, um, in Adar's everything i think i don't know i'm just like we're gonna have to watch yeah i well no i'm just i'm gonna i'm gonna skip ahead like while you guys are talking i'm gonna skip ahead in the episode and just reconfirm what i'm thinking like so it's gonna bother me but really jenna what i would like is um in a second we'll like phil for sure but Uh i want mountain doom conversation for a sec um but with- I can do both. I'm multitasking. <laughs> <laughs> She's a Gemini baby. She's got <laughs> one brain talking, one brain researching. Yep. <laughs> Just to prove a point, <laughs> yeah, I will. <laughs> I love it. Um, no, but what, what, what is your question? What would you like to no, know about no, Mount Doom? Just ultimately, Mount Doom, and like it was really just a theoretical conversation what's to come and then we um, all didn't, well okay so, the, so basically the history of of mount doom um is that sauron um needed an area to to claim not so much claim as his own but he also needed something that he could use to his advantage and obviously a volcano very much can be used to his advantage because, um, spoiler, um, this is where the, the one ring is created. Yeah. Uh, the one ring is created in Mount Doom. That's why Frodo needs to take it back there to destroy it. 
Uh Um, so when Sauron was kind of like scoping out the area, um, and looking at Mordor, he, he kind of like knew that this was the area that he wanted to, to claim. Um, and the, from my understanding with the connection that Sauron has to this volcano, because it's not always referred to as Mount Doom, it has another name, um, that I can't think of off the top of my head or remember off the top of my head, but, um, I do remember him having almost like a connection to this place that when he is around the, the volcano, it almost reacts to him. Okay. Uh, I'm I'm trying to like remember exactly um because he he knows that this volcano is going to be an advantage to him because something so powerful like lava it's it's used as a forge to create the ring and it was something that Galadriel had obviously mentioned in the like the very first episode about all the rings of power it's what the whole show is about is the forging of the rings um but the one ring to rule them all was created in Mount Doom. Yeah. And essentially this one ring controls all of the other rings yeah. and people who so, um, so own them. Essentially we're setting up for the rest of the actual plot line here. Yeah. Right. Like with the four like with the making of Mount Doom. So yeah. um with that being said, um outside of Mount Doom, outside of all things that we've talked about, I just want to get into favorite scenes very quickly before we get out of here. Mm. So Maddie, I'll start with you. What was your favorite scene? Um, I'm gonna have to go Galadriel on the horse chasing um fucking Adar because damn it, you can't say that. That's mine. <laughs> no, I'm just Fuck kidding. Off. I'm We're gonna have the same <laughs> one. We're allowed to share horse love. I know horses <laughs> are my favorite, but let me live. Yeah, no, no, I'm letting you live. No, that was yeah. a very good scene. Yeah. Me and the for this little horse right now. Um, I thought it was just great because again, like I think just the contrast of like how angry her face was and just like the fucking the slowed down but like fastness of the scene the filming of it i also forgot to mention that she said that little secret elvish thing to him that made him like speed up that was dope that's it oh gosh like again don't have my notes but that is something now that you brought it up that i remember i did write down it reminded me a lot of the chasing uh from the movies that arwen did when she's carrying frodo away from the ring wraiths she says to her horse that command and make her horse yeah. go faster. Well, and it's also very similar to how Targaryens talk to their dragons. Yes. Which is, yes. I, I made, so I'll, we'll be posting an episode later tonight about um, House of the Dragon episode seven. Um, and I kind of do a bit of a deep dive on how Targaryens bond with their dragons. And it's very similar to how people bond with their horses. So yes, 
yeah so that's that is in connection but anyways and and also I just like the music again like the music of that scene just like really hit it was kind of slow but like also like very like um oh you know like riding into war and they have like that just like war song I don't know but like it had like a classical element to it it was very good I really enjoyed that um and I will say the fucking mountain the volcano blowing up was pretty good too like just cinematic on a cinematic level that was fucking great and it was no one can reference or say like quote-unquote the mountain without me thinking game of thrones so i'm so sorry i meant to say the volcano no no don't apologize mr clegane yeah for future (laughs) reference we need nicknames for things because because the mountain will forever be the zombie that cersei created Um, okay but nonetheless uh great scenes maddie yeah, yeah. Uh, great scenes. Okay, Jenna, what was your favorite scene? Uh, the mountain. <laughs> <laughs> no, just the, uh, like, no, I, honestly, that was my favorite scene just because um, it's, it's just everything coming to fruition. It just the... <laughs> Every it, like everything just coming together, the seriousness of just everything that's happening. You know, it's this moment where everybody is celebrating, and all of a sudden, it like when they just think that they're safe and you know they've won. It it like it's just not because yeah. even like the other thing is too is that they still have like orcs. Um, not so much prisoner but kind of like captive mm-hmm. um the ones that are still alive yeah. and as soon yeah. as like the rumbling happens they start attacking again yeah, yeah. you know so it's like it's just complete chaos yeah and yeah they're chanting hell you know, hell over and over and over again and it's like because they know that the plan has also been yep. executed and yep. it's just this literal wall of smoke coming towards them like yeah yeah and just like and then you and the other thing is too is that not only is there the the lava the fire the smoke um but there's also lightning that's going through the clouds as well and i'm just watching this adar is gone oh fuck i didn't (laughs) catch that two times that's insane yeah, it's right before uh, like the lava or that wall hits that barn. It shows the barn, Adar's gone, and then the fire like breaks through Not the side of the wall. He's a sneaky See, you know, I, sometimes I see things. And no, that was <laughs> well, you know, no, but that's, that's good. No, but yeah, really literally, okay. So spoilers, Adar isn't dead yet. <laughs> no, but the like, best thing is Jenna is, is the queen of reference always. She is resourceful as all hell. And so it's like, if she thinks that something is going to happen, if I thought I thought it. a putty tat, I saw it. <laughs> Yeah, she's gonna prove it by the end of the pod episode, and then I will about it. No, and we love. I don't like being wrong. Yeah, 
We love. <laughs> <laughs> Um, uh, okay, so Adar is gone. Yes. Um, we're was- at and like at, we thought that we were at war last episode. No, we're actually at war this episode. Yeah, because uh, basically, what what, the, what this means for for the future of Mordor is now it's in an area that we know it. Yeah. Uh, yes. in the Lord of the Rings movies, we know that Mordor is this dark evil place and we just saw the creation of it because yeah as we've seen throughout the series uh orcs cannot be in the sunlight and now that there is a perpetual dark cloud over this entire area orcs can have their free for all and 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 yeah yeah their best orc lives yeah (laughs) yeah. (laughs) so what about you what's what's your favorite scene sammy um i would like to say that (laughs) (laughs) uh my favorite scene is probably i mean my actual favorite scene was the feast before the slaughter Uh, (laughs) but like i retract that because of the slaughter um, because I really oh this is my favorite scene like everybody's together and they're having fun and you know guys I have a sad rising okay I just want to be fun and fancy free always oh yeah I enjoy no the such thing things. I enjoy yeah. the darker things I want to delve into the darker things but like I would like everything to be brought to like a pretty flower at the end of I raise you a Virgo rising and I say no <laughs> 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 and I say no. No flowers. No frolicking. Incredible. None of it. That was incredible. That was incredible. Um but I I mean I do understand because if we're bringing astrology into this, I also raise you and raise my own Virgo rising well, yeah, with my to- with Gemini's my tour with my Taurus moon where I do, I believe in a good feast. Okay. Oh, yes. <laughs> I, I'm all oh, for having, I'm all for having food. Yes. Yes. Time. Absolutely. Absolutely. But um, it was just the wrong time to have it a was, good time. It was absolutely yeah. wrong time, wrong place. But that is a Sagittarius's fucking nature is wrong. We really need to have a, a, a like a free episode of just oh, talking shit talking our own signs yeah and just throwing it out oh, there. absolutely <laughs> well okay so the thing is is for those this pod has been long enough so yes. i mean i hope that whoever is listening is really god help invested. you uh god help you but like you, you <laughs> must be really invested and i'm i'm i thank you for that and i love you for that we have done a deep dive um, Zodiac thing of Game of Thrones. Every single Game of Thrones character that has a first and a last name, we did it. We and, also did Euphoria, like, too. Oh, yeah. that's also right, but we didn't do a Google sheet on that. Oh, no. we, we No. Not yet. But we will. Not we yet. Will. When, when Euphoria comes yeah. back. Yes. Yeah, we're definitely doing that. And we're definitely going to do that for um, House of the Dragon. And Rings of Power, I think, is a little bit tricky because they're all so, like, high and mighty in their fucking, 
you know, in what they want. We will still try. Yeah. We'll still try and we'll We'll, we'll, yeah and love it. Yes. So nonetheless, my favorite episode was that. Um, yes. which I said, and yeah. that's that. Yeah, yeah. No, it was super <laughs> fun. Honestly, probably best episode of the series thus far. I agree. And um, we're really glad that you came to hang out and listen. And like, we appreciate it. Check in next week when we record our next review and discussion. I believe, is it the last, we have how many episodes? I think it's left? second to last. No, there, no, no. So this this series has it has 10 10 okay so oh we it does have, we have three more house of the dragon has two more. 10 no house of the dragon only is oh, no no this series only has one more oh Wait, shit. What? yeah 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 no, yeah, yeah. sorry sorry I was, I was wrong i was wrong i was wrong yeah 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 okay so guys house of the dragon has 10 episodes lord of the rings rings of power has eight episodes so we've got so two, we more. two more yes, yes. tune in um we as always thank you for being here and thank jenna for being our best fucking co-host ever where can i they find you, jenna uh twitter and instagram is oh jenna elise and then twitch as well i have a jenna elise no of that time yeah and where can they find us sam oh my god okay so you can find <laughs> us on twitter we're tweeting a fucking havoc amount of tweets uh oh yeah <laughs> i'm literally tweeting like crazy i'm tweeting out of my butthole like it's poop. <laughs> um hb underscore dot hb underscore hose uh instagram is hb dot hose and then if you want to message us for anything at all even if it's hate mail hbhose.com of course hell yeah We'll see you next time. Check it out. Bye. Bye.